0: beautiful day. I hope the Rothschilds don't ruin it.
1: Today is Tuesday, November 2nd, 2022 Feast of the Holy Souls. Also known on the calendar as All Souls Day. It is the day that we commemorate and pray for everyone who is in purgatory, everybody who died, and given the topic we're talking about tonight, um, a lot of people who should not have died yet have died in the last 18 months, Uh, but before we get there, uh, obviously you can hear me, Super Nerd on the podcast, Anne is also on the podcast, and somewhere east of the Mississippi, Nurse Claire is joining us, and somewhere uh, south of the Mississippi, or no, it's west, north, somewhere in the world is is Dr. Beep, who's joining us as well, doesn't matter where you are, if it's Pacific or or whatnot in in, in your area. We're going to talk about something on the Atlantic side of the world tonight. So um, I've probably rambled Mm. enough. Um, Anne, why don't you take over and and, um, save us from my rambling?
2: Hello. Hello, all. Um, Thanks for coming, Nurse Claire and Dr. Beep. Thank you, as always, super nerd. Um, Nurse Claire messaged me and said yesterday, I think this was, you know, about 24 hours ago, messaged me and said, we need to do a podcast about this piece that's blowing up um on the internet published by the atlantic which is a leftist rag um and it's uh it's the i bet almost everybody in the listenership by now has seen this thing it is the article making the making the argument making the plea that there should be a quote unquote um, COVID amnesty and everyone who committed atrocities and crimes against humanity and crimes against their neighbor, crimes against their family members, et cetera, et cetera, that it all just needs to be wiped and forgotten. And we all just need to move on. And of course, I think, uh, first among us, nurse Claire and Dr. Beep working in the medical industry have, have a thought or two about this, uh, this egregious attempt at narcissistic deflection, um, the attempt at not taking responsibility, uh, the denial of the concept of justice and conflating mercy with um the elimination of justice. Nurse Claire, this is this is your baby. I I know that you uh, your head's about to explode, so. Why don't why don't you lead us off
3: wow i don't know that i could say it any better than you um narcissistic deflection exactly mm-hmm. the whole article was a non-apology apology um it, it reads as a hey look you know i was a jerk but i really i i didn't know um in fact <clears throat> In the second paragraph of the article, she actually has the words we didn't know in italics to
2: oh. exonerate
3: any responsibility from anyone who is behaving badly. She opens the article relaying a story about her family being on a hike and her four-year-old son yelling at someone, approaching them on the hiking trail and saying, social distancing, because the four-year-old perceived that the approaching individual was too close. Um, So she acknowledges that they were jerks, but then says, well, we just didn't know any better. How is it that you knew better, Anne? I knew better. Yeah. Super nerd knew better. I, I think all of us, Dr. Beep, we all saw this for
2: what it was from yep. the very beginning, February of 2020. It was obvious what was going on. And of uh, you know, there's a there's a list of things I'm sure each one of us probably has our own that's probably at the top of the list. For me, the one that I think gives nobody any excuse is when the numbers for influenza infections for April of 2020 came out. And it was statistically zero. Mm -hmm. At that point, how stupid do you have to be? I mean, we're talking teetering on the precipice of functional mental retardation, to honestly believe that influenza was eradicated globally, in the space of four weeks and the exact number of quote unquote cases of COVID matched exactly the traditional number of influenza cases. Um, It was obvious what was going on. I mean, and then you can go on and, you know, simple things like um, in February of 2020, already they were talking about having a quote unquote vaccine for this thing. Well, that's funny. You haven't been able to develop a vaccine for a coronavirus, in how long have they been doing vaccine work now seriously at this point 60 years 70 years can't do it you kill everything in animal trials when you try to do it there's no cure for the common cold so you're telling me that you have not only isolated a coronavirus um that originated in china you all have everybody now has including competing competing um pharmaceutical companies now not only have the 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 genome for this thing but they've also developed and tested and are ready for human trials um with with a quote-unquote vaccine that um And this was being announced ladies and gentlemen before before the lockdowns even happened they were talking vaccine vaccine vaccine
3: that was all
2: before the the 14 days to flatten the curve yep absolutely it was absolutely so you know the miraculous eradication of influenza i think that's for me that's at the top of the list but we should do a round robin and nurse claire what's yours what's what was your just mind-blowing moment where you were looking around at the rest of the planet saying you cannot be this stupid? Oh boy, that's hard to pinpoint because it it was all coming
3: at me at once. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say when the hospital was completely empty Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and the people who were getting COVID in my area were not hospitalized, not dying. And then when I saw people wearing literal rags over their face because um, I was on your podcast in I think, July of 2020, Mm -hmm. talking about masks. Now, I've worked in an operating room for 17 years as a nurse anesthetist. And then prior to that, I was in school for a period of time. So I've worn a mask on my face for nearly 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I had something to say about that. And I knew that um, the purpose of a surgical mask in the operating room was never viral mitigation, it was always to, to stop someone from spitting into an open abdomen or the patient's blood from splattering us. Mm -hmm. Um, It was never to stop a respiratory virus. And I've been able to sneeze right through my mask in the Mm -hmm. OR. So When I saw people busting out bandanas, t shirts, and then all of the cutesy Karens, I'm very sorry. That's probably insulting to some people. But when I saw all of these women rolling out their sewing machines to make all of these little printed masks that they would coordinate with their outfits Mm -hmm. and the sloganeering, the sloganeering was immediate, which is, um, a big red flag that you're in the midst of a PSYOP. You know, mm-hmm. when all of the, the signs along the highway, all of a sudden switch to stay safe, stay home, then I knew that we were being PSYOPed. Yeah. Yep.
2: Dr. Beeb, do you have one?
0: Uh, I think, I mean, for me, the big thing that got my eyebrow to raise first was all those videos out of China where you know I think we talked about this early on when we people were people face planting young. and all that. Yeah, it's just like oh, they had a news crew and this guy was just kind of standing there looking funny and then he just face planted and caught himself at the last second. You know, I, I didn't know what to think about what was going on when I first started hearing, but when I first started seeing, I'm like, dude, this there's something not right with this. Mm-hmm. And then obviously when when I was given a literal piece of cloth that someone's grandmother had sewed together because Mm -hmm. we didn't have masks at the hospital uh and i was told to wear this like jersey cloth thing over my face in the hospital that was again like (laughs) like nurse claire said like okay (laughs) i'm just gonna suspend my disbelief for the next two years just like the Mm -hmm. rest of you uh well-meaning morons no it, it was very obvious very early on and then you know, being in the ICU there, seeing the COVID patients, everyone I saw dying, or most of them, the vast majority that that were quote unquote dying from COVID, they were morbidly obese, uh, super old, super sick. You know, mm-hmm. we had a young a young guy die, and everyone was just like mourning, like this was some shocking thing. The dude was like five hundred and fifty pounds. He was already on yeah. a, had a trach and was on a vent. Everyone's just oh acting shocked. Oh my gosh, COVID's oh, I just can't deal with it anymore. I'm like, dude, are you serious? I are, are, are yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The flu
2: would the <laughs> flu would have got him. And you know what well, and then now if you if you buy these these numbers and what the what they did with the statistics with a lot of these people, it was the flu that got them. It was the flu. It's just that they made sure to give them <coughs> run death yeah. is near to run the bill up and yep. then put them on a vent, blow their lungs out, and get your get your four hundred thousand dollar payout to box them. You know, well, absolutely. Mean, and
0: and the numbers that we were seeing, you know, and again, I've talked about this before, but we're a huge referral center where I was in residency, where I, where I was working in the ICU and and on the floor huge every year and when i've been in training before every year we have patients in the hallways patients waiting for hours in the er we're always Mm -hmm. short staffed we're always overwhelmed but we weren't any more overwhelmed from a numbers standpoint than we've ever been before we just had all these stupid rules where they're Mm -hmm. like taking up more bed space because we're like making these makeshift uh negative pressure rooms and all these rules Mm -hmm. about how many patients are here and and they, they they made it, they induced oh, the yeah. panic. They induced the hardship yeah. on top of us just being busy because it was, you know, we're a busy center. It was, it you was know?
3: the middle well, of winter. It was seasonal. It was flu season. I'm actually going to back up for one second because now that you mentioned, Dr. Beep, those videos from China, I remember seeing those too and I thought, this isn't what... what dead people look like and it, this isn't what a seizure looks like it was very they were very contrived yeah and they looked fake but even prior to that at the beginning of January in 20, 2020 first first week of January i got an email from our state health department that was an alert about a um, a novel virus in Wuhan, China, that so far, I can't remember if the email said there were 11 deaths or 19. It was one of those two numbers. And it was zoonotic, meaning it had jumped from animals into humans. And I looked at that email. And I said to my husband, what do I? Why would I care about? Yep, less than 20 deaths in china for something that i mean this could be a food poisoning thing you know i I have no idea but yet i here i am i'm a part-time nurse anesthetist and i'm a mom and i'm living in an insignificant location yet someone wanted to put this on my radar Mm -hmm. and that that was probably my
2: first red flag that there was something afoot and, and then now, now we know exactly why, because in yes. April of twenty twenty, I posted nonvenny mark. We're all we're all kind of all over it at the same time. We all found the, the website of the event 201, which happened on October 18th, 2019, fully laid down out the entire narrative the entire plan the entire timeline how it was going to play out how long it was going to take what it was going to culminate in meaning um attempting to inject the entire planet with these poisonous poisons and sterilants all completely laid out so the reason why you got an email saying oh my gosh 11 people in a in a chinese city of 10 million have died of, of of a respiratory virus is because this it, it was pre-planned it was organized it was meticulously laid out and we are still living through the greatest crime against humanity ever perpetrated and of course now now we're to the phase we're nearly three years in and just exactly as they predicted and by the way there's another document that i'll repost um, at, at the same time, roughly as this goes up, I have posted it before it's from the Johns Hopkins center and it is, it's from 2017 and it is, it's the same thing as event 201, except it was done in 2017. This one is more detailed. Um, and it said the, the process will last three years and then The only thing we're missing, and I think we're coming to that right now with this business of, oh, we need to have amnesty and da-da-da-da-da, there's an entire chapter dedicated to um, the president of the United States and other people having to make speeches, essentially canonizing the people who were killed by the vaccine. How about them apples? isn't that interesting isn't that interesting 2017 document laying out that there's going to have to be national level apologies for how many people not were killed in any sort of pandemic or anything but apologizing for the people who were killed by the vaccine
0: now that's wild yeah (laughs) oh man
2: there's an entire chapter dedicated to it Wait, so um, those of us so- who
1: didn't buy any of this bull crap, didn't get the vaccine, didn't get all, are we still enemies of the state?
2: <coughs> of course. Of course you are. You will get nothing like it. You will eat bugs and you will die.
0: <laughs> get in the pod.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Eat the bugs. That's eat pretty wild. You, well, you, you, you know, they're not even hiding this like died suddenly pandemic thing that's going on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like literally every day. I, I yep. when I'm at work, uh, my computer, I think it's MSNBC is like the, the default home screen for some reason. Every single day, I click over to a new tab to Google, uh, you know, how to treat a cold or whatever when I'm seeing patients, as all doctors do. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> but like literally every single day, oh, 43 year old healthy mom of four newscaster. Mm-hmm died suddenly, cardiac arrest, 52-year-old NFL
2: coach, yeah. Yep, and every single
0: time later on, I go check with my buddies online and they're showing... You know, tweets from these exact individuals like, I hope the vaccinated or the unvaxxed all die, or, Mm -hmm. you know, they should all be locked in. It's like, what is going on here? Is this, is this like a weird sacrifice they're making? Or,
2: um, yes. Is
0: the, I mean, I guess when they're going to pick these saints that they're going to have to canonize for dying from the vaccine, I guess it makes sense that it would be their guys, but, uh, that's wild.
3: Well, even disregarding those those news headlines all you have to do is look at your local obituaries mm
1: mm-hmm. mm
2: mm-hmm.
3: i from the time i was a teenager i used i would read the newspaper the local newspaper and so even now i don't i don't read the hard copy i i look online so i still look at obituaries as i have done for years and i recall in the height of the um the quote-unquote opioid crisis, when all we heard about were the heroin overdoses locally. And I, I guess this would be 2017, 2018, thereabouts. You know, you would look at the obituaries and there would be a 19-year-old or there would be a 25-year-old, you know. And you you could assume that it was related to the opioid Um pandemic i guess for lack of a better word because that's really what it was but now when you look at the obituaries it is daily literally daily people in their 20s 30s 40s and 50s and the obituaries will even say died unexpectedly died suddenly i don't Mm -hmm. ever remember my local newspaper having obituaries having this volume of death notices for
2: young people as as I do as I see now no you always used to assume car wreck if you saw someone died in their 20s or 30s like oh man there was a car wreck or something correct like that. You know, and yeah. it was it was rare it yeah. was rare but yep. this
3: is literally
2: a daily it's a daily thing. Thing. yep mm-hmm.
3: well it used well,
1: to be if somebody in their 20s or 30s died or or teens for that matter if they died it was unexpected and it usually followed hey y'all look at this
2: Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, is if you I do the same thing, I look at the the newspaper and the obituaries from my ancestral homeland and you kind of you, you come from a small enough town and you know who's who kind of roughly and you see these young people that are dying and it's not it's not the junkies. It's it's people in their 20s, 30s and 40s who are, you know, middle class, upper middle class, gainfully stably employed married kids all that it's not you know it's not the junkie crew it's not and you Yeah. If, exactly. if you know your hometown well enough and even you can tell by last name sometime I know that's kind of I don't know racist I suppose but you know you knew the last names of the families that were always into you know, always into drugs and always in trouble and all that that's not who this is it's it's just middle class young adults dropping dead every single day
0: my question then is with this you know this article got a lot of coverage is this a like a what is it the minimum, minute of rage or whatever is this like a, a controlled release where they're starting this like okay okay let's all kind of get together <laughs> and kumbaya and then we can all start admitting that the vaccine's killing people let's canonize these people and then we can move on it's because of the way that this article that we're talking about is written, it's, it's almost absurd. Like you, like you were talking about like, okay, how, how could we possibly have known that having my toddler yell at people on a nature hike and wear a cloth mask, like how could we possibly have known? That's absurd. Mm -hmm. you know it's like that's like saying how could i possibly have known that the prince of nigeria was going to rip me off
2: i mean like
0: uh, you have to suspend your disbelief a lot i think like these these aren't are these real people is this what planet are we on is this a real thing what are they where are they trying to guide us where are they trying to push us with this kind of nonsense
3: i completely agree with you i think that's an excellent observation but for the listenership let's just point out this woman who wrote this article is an economics I don't know if she's a full professor or an associate professor at Brown University. So she's a quote unquote credentialed lettered person she's not a dummy but she wrote this essay that reads almost as if a high school or middle school student uh, wrote it, and it's so lacking in any sort of logic or common sense. It's purely emotional, um, and, and it's so yeah. It, it's basic. Yeah, it's,
0: I, I kind of had a, the the image of someone breathing through their mouth and drooling while typing mm. this article. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely not a uh, a lettered academic.
2: I mean, I'm just, I've got this thing up and next to last penultimate paragraph, excuse me. Many people have neglected their healthcare over the past several years. No kidding. Um, Because people weren't allowed to go to the doctor or the hospital or get cancer treatment or anything like that. I mean, it's,
0: it's, Uh, it's astounding. It's astounding. I've had multiple older folks come to me like, what do I do if I get sick again? You know They're yeah. in their 80s, and they're like, I'm going to end up in the hospital again. Mm-hmm. They tried to kill me last time, mm-hmm. and I had to leave AMA and go find an alternative-type practitioner who treated me with ivermectin and IV solutions and all these things, and I lived. But if they get their hands on me, they're going to kill me. Yeah. This is Yeah, the, I don't know where I was going the,
2: with that. The, the, tr- the trust level, it's, oh, it's yeah. completely it's, broken. It's yeah. completely broken. But why do not you going? It, you know it won't be repaired i just no. turned 46 it won't be repaired in my lifetime no i don't think it's no. done this is yeah. the
3: collapse of healthcare as we know it but i also think it's rich to see this woman put that sentence in here many people have neglected their health care over the past several years um lady i'm pretty sure that you were a cheerleader for throwing people out of hospitals yep. who were not vaccinated denying treatment um, and pe- exactly. everybody was denied treatment that's people exactly were, the point and i'm not a fan of organ transplants that's a topic for a different podcast but how many people were in the news that they were booted off the yep off the organ transplant list because they didn't want to be vaccinated yep and these yep. people who were responsible for this this article were Rooting for that wholeheartedly and wanted the
2: unvaccinated to die in the streets like dogs. hmm Losing jobs, losing li- livelihoods, um, advocating for cutting people's um, retirement benefits. Um, ultimately, we all know that what all of the Green Pass crap, what that, what that was and probably still is driving towards is... Um, digital currency and being able to just 100% have the government at the at the flip of a switch, you think getting getting your um, account uh, closed on Twitter is a thing. That's that's just the warm up act. That's the warm up act for having your bank account shut down for not going along with x, y and z. And um, it just seems to me that the entire thing, the entire article and the entire operation, and like I said, this was laid out in that 2017 document, which will be in the show notes, and then I'll make a full post on it as well. This is kind of the, the living embodiment of the narcissist prayer. I've, I've posted this thing as, a, as an image, as a meme, and also the text on my blog numerous, numerous times in the past five, six years. It's very short. It's called the narcissist prayer, and it goes like this that didn't happen and if it did it wasn't that bad and if it was that's not a big deal and if it is that's not my fault and if it was i didn't mean it and if i did you deserved it and that's the phase that we're at right now um we are all supposed to just look the other way and um and completely absolve all of these people from top to bottom and we're going to have to have an uh, in-depth discussion about this absolve all of these people from top to bottom for everything because it didn't happen. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't their fault. They didn't mean it. And ultimately we all deserved it anyway. Yeah. So this One, is, this is the ultimate narcissistic gaslighting operation. Absolutely.
0: And I, and I think it's important too. There, this isn't a, oh, mea culpa, you know, please forgive yeah. me. This is, no. I've already, I've already forgiven myself. You should forgive me too. Let's move on and just act like I didn't abuse you. You mm-hmm. know, like this is, uh, It's just really unreal, and if you like, she's she even her base premise even as she gets into it isn't even willing to question. Did we need a vaccine to get out of this pandemic? Mm -hmm. It's oh well, we there was disagreements, there were reasonable disagreements on both sides about which vaccine was safest. You know, some people really like that Mm -hmm. Johnson and Johnson, and they had good reasons to doubt the mRNA. But turns out mRNA is the best. You know, it's like so there's it's 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 all just so she's they're just gross these people Well, she
3: brings up this uh, idea or she presents this alternative reality right this revisionist history that there was some sort of debate on both sides and people were people were disagreeing yeah and 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 it turns out now some people were right and some people were wrong it's like Where was I when this this you know dialogue was allegedly happening? Because the way I remember it, anybody who defied the COVID orthodoxy that was spouted from Deborah Burks and Tony Fauci, anyone who went against that was suppressed.
0: Yeah. Where was crushed? Yeah, where where was was the debate dialogue? (laughs) Yeah, where was this debate that was going on when I was being forced to get an affidavit signed by a priest? Stating that my religious beliefs uh, wouldn't allow me to partake in this murderous nonsense. Was that a debate or was it you don't have a job if you don't play along with this nonsense?
2: I'm going to drop the bomb, y'all. I'm going to drop it right now. Three words. Donald John Trump. Okay. Um, t- what What debate? Oh, uh, Operation Warp Speed! It was Operation Warp Speed. It's fantastic. It's terrific. We got we we got this done. It's the greatest medical accomplishment in history of mankind.
1: And everybody knows
2: it. Yep, yep.
3: Well, that's interesting. An interesting point because you can see how very um, effective that psyop was because there's only a remnant of us that that were against this the people who willingly um put a mask on and willingly rolled up their sleeve for a vaccine that crossed party lines the democrats almost wholeheartedly but even among republicans the trump base i mean these people went along with that because their boy yep.
2: their boy you know yep. Hmm. that's i i don't get it there was there was absolutely no debate at all there was there was everybody's doing this, and there was total war of attrition against anyone who even dared ask the simplest questions. And then, heaven forfend that any of us would do things like you know explain to people how to dose ivermectin and things like that. And there, there's still to some extent, you still every once in a while we'll see people commenting about you know mocking mocking replies and mocking quotes about about horse horse dewormer and you know all that kind of stuff it's it's they're still trying to do it to some extent um so yeah it's uh
0: well and 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 in in this article too she like further down from there i'm, I'm kind of going back through it but she talks about oh there were there were some people that were intentionally misleading and spreading these irresponsible claims and she's not owning any of this no? those irresponsible claims were things like hey i don't know that the mrna technology is perfected. Or I don't think a surgical mask is effective. You know, that, that's, that would be irresponsible. That was enough to get you fired or kicked off social media. media. So it's, it's not owning the, the reality of what these people did at all
2: here's a full piece on moderna from 2016 in which it explicitly states that this company has burned through billions and billions and billions of dollars has never delivered a single product they can't even get out of animal testing because and i quote it kills everything it's poisonous it's toxic it we can't even get out of animal trials with Benzel, who is again in this 2016 piece Everybody pretty much acknowledges, even people on his side, on his side, acknowledge that he is a functional psychopath, and that his entire business model is to mimic that of the software industry. In other words, to get you into a situation where you're having to subscribe exactly the way you subscribe to Norton Antivirus, exactly the way you subscribe to uh, Microsoft Office 360, exactly the way you subscribe to the Adobe Suite. They wanted to get human beings into a situation where they had to be "Quote unquote," subscribed to their product. That's that's one hundred percent what the entire thing is. Moderna had it. Merck refused to touch it. Merck dropped theirs because the mRNA was toxic, um, and the delivery vectors were toxic where was Pfizer? Pfizer really had no engagement in any of this. Pfizer, the largest pharmaceutical company on earth, has no engagement in this until this moment when Moderna swoops in and Moderna is going to get this multi-multi-multi-billion. And eventually with the plan, it's going to go into the trillions of dollars that, that government is going to redistribute into the hands of of Moderna and whatever other pharmaceutical company jumps on board. And and lo and behold, here comes Pfizer and says, Oh, we have one, too. Well, now hold on just a second. You haven't even been you haven't been doing anything with this. And now all of a sudden, because you see that Moderna is about to get hundreds of billions in contracts from the entire global governmental structure, you're you're now all of a sudden, not only do you have it, but you have one that's ready to go into human trials. Uh, Pfizer. You, in this, it seems to me that you can see the intense power of Pfizer to basically run the table and say, "This is not happening. This is not happening unless we are one of the key players at the table here." I mean, that, I think that's just patently obvious, and that tells you how much how much power and control Pfizer, the corporation, wields that it just it completely steered everything that happened in the United States government in the governments of Europe all over the world who's who's running the world who's running the world we've been asking this question now here on this podcast and in general for years who's running the world in an earthly sense now everybody knows that it you know Lucifer is the overarching guiding force in all of this but if you want to know who your earthly rulers are um it's that veterinarian that's running that's running pfizer and those toadies that work at pfizer that that blonde woman who testified before the european parliament or whatever it's called and and, and she was asked by some dutch politician did you guys test to see if this thing blocked transmissibility and she literally laughed she sat there and laughed like, of course not of course not course it doesn't block it of course it doesn't block transmissibility laughing at him that's who's running that's who's running the show it was a massive flex of power on pfizer's part moderna was just um you know what's his name uh bencel uh the head of moderna clearly being in bed with fauci and that whole thing, well whether or not that's literal, I don't know, I'm, I said being in bed with figuratively, um, being in bed with Fauci, and knowing, hey, we're, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to get this to you, we're going to get these contracts to you, we need you to deliver this, we're going to need, you know, 10s of billions of doses, and we'll make sure that you are rich beyond the dreams of avarice, which all of those people now are.
1: And in terms of all these topics, if this is new to anybody listening, I've mentioned multiple times before, and I don't know if Nurse Claire was a listener to the podcast before we mention it here on this one, but uh, the No Agenda podcast, I'm jotting down notes about about uh, like the the um, the the per, the woman from I think it was the Ireland branch of Pfizer being uh, questioned by the Dutch prime minister or minister of parliament in the EU. This was covered on No Agenda a couple of weeks ago
3: yes and the audio was absolutely shocking it was shocking to hear how pfizer flex is right i mean they Mm -hmm. did not flinch in the face of the european the eu parliament they did not flinch at all in fact the president of pfizer didn't even bother to show up
2: yep he sent a toady yeah
3: massive massive power flex
2: And then about the same time or like a week or two after um, Pfizer announced that they are quadrupling the price because now they know that probably only 25 percent of people now in the post-Christian West are buying into this at all. And so they have just announced that they are quadrupling the per dose price because now so now it's going to be like between 110 and 130 per um, per injection when you get your booster um so either the government's going to be billed or the person is going to pay 110 to 130 and this is clearly a maneuver to keep their revenue stream um it's certainly going to fall back but they are trying to keep their revenue stream roughly where it's been for the last nearly two years now so
0: i'm wondering how many people are gonna gonna pay for that, I know there. I know there's a lot of like super true believers, but I've talked to a lot of people that have gone along. I know people that have even gotten boosted, who just kind of have gone with the flow of things, and it's free, and they just go get it, and they get the virtue signal. And I, man, that's a lot to pay for a stroke, you know.
3: I think it depends on what kind of backroom deals are made with insurance companies. Yeah. if insurance companies are strong-armed into covering this, yep then people will just go get it because it will cost them nothing out of pocket and it'll yep. be billed to their insurance company. So the the pharma, um, the cash stream will continue, but it will just be underwritten by insurance companies and Medicare as opposed to the federal government. Well, that yeah, well, was the
1: whole point of the EUA, uh, emergency use authorization, as they can bill insurance. And also there's Consequently, no liability to the no uh, liability. to, to yep. the uh, vaccine or the vaccine makers, but also the fact that it went on to the to the children's schedule now recommended that that everyone gets the except the jab into their life. That that further cements liability from from prosecution from from vaccine damage because it's now officially recommended. Even though, unless things have changed recently, the the version that has been approved by the CDC. I don't think Pfizer still has ever made a single dose of that stuff. The only thing in, 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 available no, is the EUI. No,
2: that that's the thing. the the, the What's it called? Co, Comeranti. I keep wanting to say commode, but yeah. Comenardi. What a strange word. The the Pfizer um, injection. No one has received that. It has. I I don't even think it's been produced. So it, we're even being head faked again they're talking about one thing meanwhile everyone else is getting something else it's it's absolutely bizarre and people just keep going for this and you know we need to get get in now unfortunately into the topic of accountability with all of this and justice and mercy because that ultimately is what is what I think this psyop, beginning with this Atlantic piece, but as laid out in the 2017 John Hopkins planning document, that you know they're they're driving towards the notion that mercy and forgiveness means the total absence of justice, that there will there will be no justice, nobody will help will be held accountable for anything, um, and that's what mercy is mercy means that there is that it's okay that it's okay and that that is not what mercy means first of all none of these people are sorry and if you read the atlantic piece she's not sorry she's she just like a typical narcissist it's not my fault i didn't know i didn't do nothing you're being hypersensitive you're the one if you if you won't if you won't move on if you won't let this go you're the one with the problem. You're the one with the psychological problems if you won't just let this go. Because we, we all just need to get on with life. Well, I mean, get on with life, except for the people who are dropping dead and will continue to die and have turbo cancer. And oh, and of course, you know, the babies who are still born, that's, that's through the roof. That's up about 500% in the post-Christian West. Nobody's talking about that. The people who can't hold a pregnancy, the people who can't get pregnant, they're not getting on with life but you know we all need to just get on with life so um, nurse Claire (laughs) what do you what do you think what do you think I mean you, you and dr beep you work with these people all day every day you have to you have to talk to them you have to look them in the face these people who did this who injected people with this who told people to get this who browbeat people and coerced people into getting this who injected this crap into children well, what do, what do you think we should do with them <laughs> well
3: uh, I mean that again depends on the amount of remorse and some of them are starting to wake up okay um I think I get a sense that a few of them are afraid to really say what they're thinking they s- kind of drop hints here and there they may be truly sorry But there are still, there's a large um, cabal that's still, they're obstinate um, and they are, they're just powering on, continuing Mm -hmm. on with the same mindset. And those people, um, you know, I don't know what should be done with them, but I know for me personally, I don't have many friends left. Um, I have my husband and I have you guys, but my work friends are basically gone. I, these are people who, you know, I had, um, I went through pregnancies with these people, people that were at my wedding Mm -hmm. and people that, I've spent time with outside of work, people that I considered to be friends, and they absolutely lost their minds. And, you know, I, I'm sad for them. I don't wish hell or anything like that on them. Um, I hope and pray that they have a, a repentance and a conversion. But I'm not gonna forget because I um, i sat many days confined in an operating room listening to conversations that were just motivated by pure hatred and Mm -hmm. realizing that i'm the object of these people's hate Mm -hmm. you know um they wished they had no problem wishing death upon the unvaccinated they had no problem withholding care from people they had no problem thinking that people should lose their jobs and their Mm -hmm. livelihoods so i'm not I'd be fool a fool to forget that because everything's kind of settled down right now and they're all nicey nice again but make no mistake when you see those true colors come through yeah. they would do it again you know if these people perceive that they're under some kind of threat because of I don't know global warming or whatever and they see some trad rolling around a huge uh what they would consider gas guzzler with their 10 kids you know they're gonna come at you again like Mm -hmm. they've already revealed themselves and so um i can't look at these people the same anymore and and i'm polite and i pray for them but i'm not gonna forget I think so, we should
0: have tribunals and public executions. Well, nur- I'm just Nurmer, kidding, yeah, I'm too, kidding so, kind of. Not really. Yeah.
2: not really. Not really. Not Nurmer, really. Nurse 2.0 is is absolutely trending. So, Nurse Claire, you would say that they're they're being nicey nice, but have you seen like any grown men sitting in a break room you know, after coming off of some some child who's just died of myocarditis from the injection, sobbing and saying, "My God, my God, what have I no. done?" No yeah that's kind no. of the problem
3: that is the problem um so yeah it, it's they should face some sort of retribution for this absolutely
2: dr absolutely. B, I know your your circle's a little different because you you fled the hospital and set up a kind of a concierge situation and so i would assume that your colleagues are kind of, of a different mindset but what, what do you see on the ground in terms of Repentance, sorrow, anything like that.
0: Yeah, so I don't associate with very many people that are pro-vaccine. Uh, I I very much avoid these people, and I'm not very I'm not very pleasant toward them anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. If I am, if I do interact with them, I've interacted actually with a few patients that I've run like just kind of run into in in the clinic. That not necessarily my patients per se. Um, I've been introduced. Hey, this is Dr. Beep. He's our guy here. Like maybe if you, you know, he'll take care of your, your medical needs while you're here. And, uh, I've had some people, I had one older lady, very nice, but I started going, I kind of went off about the vaccine and she felt, I could tell that she was kind of feeling, I don't know, guilty or something. And I, I was kind of reading her facial expression and I, and I kind of slowed down and she said, well, I mean, for people like me that were at high risk, it was probably a good idea, right? And I was like, probably not. I was like, and now we've cleared the way for children to get it. And I'm already seeing younger people in their 20s and 30s with strokes and all these things. And I went into some pretty graphic detail about some things that I've seen. Mm -hmm. And I brought this woman almost to tears because I think that she was pushing this vaccine on people. Yeah. Because she was afraid. Yep. Um, Fearful people should not have political power.
3: Yep, exactly. And they
0: should stay at home and keep their mouths shut. Yep. Talk about you know keep your mouth shut. If you're a fearful person, you should not have influence over what a society does because you're going to make stupid choices. Man, um,
2: that's that's the line of the podcast right there. I have I yeah. my
0: wife my wife uh, tells you know she she's still in the the belly of the beast. I occasionally visit up there at the hospital, and I always kind of feel kind of sick. And I, I don't wear a mask, and and I'm very, out with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I'm very, I'm very boisterous mm-hmm. these days. Um, and but she tells me, you know, she's, you know, eh, this person that I thought was. Uh, very pro-vax, you know, we were kind of alone in the in the break room and started talking and turns out they didn't want it and they got the first one and they'll never really get it again. And they're, you know, expressing just absolute dismay that it's being pushed on kids. So I think that there are those people who, frankly, were cowards mm-hmm. or uh, yes, I, I kind see of that, too. That, that Rube kind of individual who was like, well, how could I have known the Prince of Nigeria? I mean, he sounded like a nice guy. That kind of individual that kind of went along with it because they're sheepish um, yep. in the, in a bad way, of course. Uh, I think a lot of them are now kind of getting that that courage. You know, the storm is over. And so they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm strong now too, you know. And I, I, I'm not going to totally disrespect them for, for coming out now, but... Where were you when the bullets were flying, dude? Yep. You know, this is like the guy. You know, he's back behind in the trench while we're all like out in no, man, no man's land, mm-hmm. and then you get back, and they're like, "Boy, that was a heck of a battle." Yeah.
2: It's so funny because this parallels exactly what's going on with the church and the anti papacy. It's the exactly. It's exactly the same thing. It's fear. A hell of a lot of people suspect that they know the nefarious of the situation, whether it's the nefariousness of the corona scam and the vaccines, or whether it's the nefarious of Bergoglio and the anti-papists and all that. But everybody is, af- is afraid. And the people who are in positions of power and influence are profoundly afraid um, because they are effeminate and they don't want to lose income, luxurious lifestyles, social connections, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How these things are are paralleling exactly. And here's another parallel that I can tell you. I can absolutely tell you this right now. It doesn't make me a prophet. It don't make me a psychic. It just means that I have common sense. X number of years from now, everybody in the post-Christian West is going to claim that they knew from the beginning that the Corona scam was a scam. All of these people are going to convince themselves that they knew, they knew from the beginning, they knew from the beginning, when in fact they were the ones who were strapping the masks on and, and, you know, pressuring people and pressuring family members and disinviting people to Christmas and all this kind of stuff in exactly the same way. Eventually, I can tell you right now, the same thing is going to happen with the anti papacy. It's going to resolve. You know, x an x amount of time is going to pass, and there's going to be people who are saying, "Oh, I knew from the beginning that he was an anti-pope." Yeah. We all we knew from the beginning it was an anti-pope. It's human nature. It's human nature. It's kind of it's the it's the Italian method of fighting wars. You just keep changing sides until history determines who the vic, who the victor was, and then you claim that you were on the victor's side all along. So. um it's um but they are they're they're all there's prophet there are extreme examples within the trad inc you know the tradagentia um a, a particular woman especially was screaming and bellowing in fact i think screaming and bellowing at you nurse claire wasn't she you're a psychopath because in <laughs> yes. 2020 you you wanted to go to i adoration. wanted to go yep Mm-hmm. and you're, you're, you're killing grandmas, and the, the fact that Bergoglio, Bergoglio closed all the churches in Rome for like a minute, and there was such an uproar that he then changed his mind and reopened the churches of Rome. When I, and I mean not that pub, public masses were being saying I literally mean just open the doors so that people who happened to walk by could stick their head in. And this woman who went after you and called you a psychopath for wanting to go to adoration was just screaming and screaming and screaming, these craven cowards, they're going to kill everybody, the churches must be closed, da 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 da, da. everyone's going to die, two billion people are going to die because of this virus. Everybody, everybody has all the screen caps. It's all, it's all there. Mm -hmm. And now today, this person, you, if you look at, if you were to look at their social media and all that, it's, they knew all along, da, 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 they didn't do anything wrong. Their conscience is as clean and pure as the wind-driven snow. It's just, it's astounding to watch this and it's going to happen. It's going to happen with regards to the anti-papacy and it's, it's exactly the same thing that's playing out now with COVID and the and the injections.
3: Yep. I I do think that these people need to face some sort of justice, some sort of accountability. Let me just briefly describe what was happening in March of 2020, April of 2020. We were called to a meeting and handed these guidelines these recommendations from the cdc that were allegedly compiled from the experience of the italians in milan and what they had experienced in dealing with their outbreak of covid and we were told not to do cpr on anyone if there was a cardiac arrest no chest compressions because you could aerosolize the virus if Mm -hmm. the person had covid Mm -hmm. Um, Patients who were coming in needing oxygen, supplemental oxygen, I'm sure people are are maybe roughly familiar with how we deliver oxygen, you know, nasal cannula would be the most basic way of supplementing oxygen. And you typically deliver up to six liters. And then, you know, you if you have to give more, you step up to a mask. And if you have to give more, you would step up to CPAP, and BiPAP, and then you would go to a ventilator. But in my career, we have always avoided putting people on ventilators unnecessarily because it's invasive and it that brings about um, complications. We were told anyone who needed more than four liters through a nasal cannula would just automatically get intubated and put on a ventilator. And I uh-huh. was the one standing there going, what in the hell is happening here? And everyone went along with this. How many patients died? Yeah because no one wanted to say anything. And because everybody surrendered their logic and their reason and was completely governed at that point by their emotions, um, the staff the staff um, in these nursing homes that would lock people up, not allow anyone in to see them, confine these elderly people to their rooms for i mean that went on for months. months These nursing homes were on lockdowns so the people who complied with that absolutely have to have some accountability
2: absolutely
3: yeah.
2: it was murder by ventilator no question and it was murder, murder by I remdesivir hasten, it was it was murder by a lot of things I, I would hasten to remind the listenership that donald john trump bragged that he was shutting down <clears throat> either a ford or a gm plant and forcing them to produce ventilators, Mur- murder machines, murder machines.
3: Most of which um, ended up in a landfill. Yep, exactly. That
2: that was all part of the psyop,
3: right? Yep. Trump. Um, what was that other guy with the nipple rings? Cuomo. <laughs> Cuomo. His, yeah. Yes. Cuomo having his daily pressers where he was yelling, "We need thirty thousand ventilators." And I'm standing there watching these press conferences and thinking. Where where's your call for thirty thousand respiratory therapists or thirty thousand nurses? Yeah. Ventilators you don't just flip a switch like you mm-hmm. have to have a trained person to manage a ventilator. The settings are customized for each patient depending upon their clinical situation. Like it was all just this this bullcrap rhetoric. It was part of the psyop to drive this public hysteria. The mask was part of the psyop to drive the public um, hysteria, the PCR test, which is a oh, yeah. highly, highly manipulatable test that was chosen as the gold standard for testing because of its high false positivity rate. Yep, All of that was done to drive public hysteria and induce this, you know i need the vaccine i need the vaccine this kind of mindset and and nudge everybody into Mm -hmm. taking a vaccine because you are constantly being nudged and 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 led in how to think or or nudged into thinking a certain way and that's exactly what this was all about and the people who complied with this the physicians the hospital staff nursing home staffs the American Academy of Pediatrics, I see their tweets are just daily berating people for not being vaccinated. Those people have a lot to answer
2: for. Yeah. I
3: it's,
0: think that's uh, who I have the most anger toward, personally, um, is leadership within medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heads of the hospitals, and really a lot of the heads of these uh, medical organizations, these uh, associations, the American Board of Internal Medicine, these kind of people, these guys, they should know better. They should be the ones that are critically looking at data and coming out with statements, supporting doctors, younger doctors. Uh, but they didn't. They just, they're all so compromised. Um, I, I want nothing to do with them personally. So that's thats why I'm on the, the, the path that I'm on personally for, with my medical career. But these are the people. They they should have been the the guards on the watch on the watchtower
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, for the medical community. Because once it gets down to the the hospital level, even I, I have anger toward people at the hospital level. Don't don't get me wrong. Plenty of anger. But once it gets down to them, it's a big uphill battle for them to go against best practices and you know the the clinical practice guidelines and these. Uh, the guidelines that these big organizations put out. If you go against that, you're opening yourself up big time to to litigation and losing your license and your board certification, things like that. It needed to start at the top. And it's just, it's so disgusting.
2: Didn't you guys before, I mean, didn't you have a certain degree of latitude in in how you treated your patient? I mean, I, I guess maybe some of us don't have the perception of how regimented i mean if if someone rolls into your office and they've got an ear infection i mean it always seems to me that there was you know there was a whole laundry list of different antibiotics that you were at liberty to prescribe and i mean and that's just a very mild example
0: it it, kind of depends on the severity of the situation you know if someone comes in with a heart attack you, there's certain things you just have to do, well, sure, or you'll sure. you'll be sued out of out of your career at the very least, lose mm-hmm. privileges and all that. We have latitude to a degree, um, but really medicine has become so regimented and so so much of it is algorithmic. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a, at this point, it's
3: protocol driven,
0: <clears throat> and that's what I tell a lot of my patients mm-hmm. now. I'm getting kind of into this osteopathic functional medicine thing where you know, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I don't really care what label I put on what you are suffering from. I want to get you healthy enough that your body can figure it out and fix what needs to be fixed. Because in medicine, what we work for is the diagnosis. And then off that diagnosis is a bunch of, yeah, we get codes that we can bill. And then we have a bunch of uh, flowchart basically below that diagnosis that shows us what our options are to treat that patient. If we want to be within the guidelines, basically.
3: So this has Um, been this is been in the works basically since the Clintons arrived on the scene with managed care HMOs and then it really picked up steam with the Affordable Care Act and I'm not a doctor obviously so I'm not trying to step on Dr. Beep. but I've been around for a couple of decades now and I've seen it change a lot over my career that things have become much more um, Protocol-driven, much more cookbookish almost, and physicians don't have the freedom that they used to because most of them don't even have their own practice anymore. They're they're part of a huge conglomerate, and
2: is big pharma driving that? Yes, yeah, that's yes. what I figured.
3: Yeah, yes, absolutely.
0: I think there's a absolutely. lot of a lot of facets. I think the pharmaceutical industry is a huge part of it. Uh, they don't want you finding a solution for your patient that isn't a prescription, right. I'm sure. I think another part of it, just from a practical standpoint, which ties into that, is the legal aspect of it. You, you know, hey, I tried this alternative thing, and there are there are laws in place that are that are designed to help protect you if you're someone who's using sort of these alternative therapies or something that would be considered an alternative therapy outside of the mainstream uh treatment regimens that are sort of approved but you've got to be kind of careful because yeah you you start stepping out too far and you're gonna get sued by somebody
2: but weren't there before there was last chance or what was that called when somebody is declared? Um, right to try. Right to try, right to yes. try. So and r- all of these people were trying to, all these doctors were trying to prescribe ivermectin under right, right to try. If well, that if, was,
3: if, right to try was suspended by the CARES Act, which was signed by Donald J. Trump. Mm-hmm. Donald it's J. all part Trump. of the
0: plan it's all part yep. of the plan, trust, I, the plan. Trust, trust the plan the plan. <laughs> dude can i can i can i rant a little bit do you guys mind no if I, no if I we don't off? we don't
2: permit we don't permit ranting on the barnhart podcast
0: <laughs> I'm, a, I'm about to pop off um i've been I've, I've just i feel like things sort of happen in in uh in threes and fours you know like you just kind of go through a period of time where you kind of notice a pattern and you mm-hmm. start talking to the same people over and over again somehow, even though they're different people. I've had multiple conversations lately with very nice people who should be on our side, who have lost their minds. I've met saner people in insane asylums. They're delusional. And it, it boils down to Q and MAGA and Donald Trump as a religion uh, for instance, I had a, a discussion with an older dude, nice guy. We got to talking about politics and, and I, I start, you know, I always kind of put out a feeler, you know, I'm like, man, beautiful day. I hope the Rothschilds don't ruin it. You know, stuff like that to see what they, <laughs> you know, how they're, how they Super react nerd to time stamp. see if we're friends. That's
2: a, yeah. that's a poll. That's a poll quote right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, can we be friends, you know? And, and, you know, and then they, you get a response. You're like, yeah, you know, let's, let's start talking about this cool stuff. And, yeah, that vaccine's no good. Yeah, no good. And then you start getting into these like, but don't worry. Don't worry, man. I'm not, I'm not even worried at all because Donald Trump is still in the White House.
2: Oh, my god.
0: He and a cryogenically frozen Dwight D. Eisenhower are about to march at the head of a 10,000-strong army of Green Berets. They're in the tunnels under Dulles Airport. And, you know, and you get into this, like, oh, my yeah. goodness.
2: And listenership, Dr. Beep was being just a teeny tiny bit facetious. Or or were you? Have you heard all of those things?
0: I've heard not that well. Very, very similar stuff.
2: Cryo-ge- tri- cryogenic Eisenhower. That's okay, one I, I haven't, haven't. I haven't, <laughs> heard, I haven't that heard that
0: one yet. I've heard the rest of it, though. All yeah. this crazy stuff. Like, it, it's just... It's really out there, you know, and, and we live, we live in weird times and so, and we know that the people in charge do pull all kinds of weird stuff and there's all kinds Mm of tricks being pulled, but man, this Q, PSYOP, which I think is what it is, what it was all along, it it has continued and these Mm -hmm. people are, these poor people and most of them are sort of the evangelical Christian types and so they have kind of this weird version, uh, you know, like, um. of the gospels they have a weird understanding of like matthew 5 uh, the meek shall inherit the earth where they get an idea that the world is inverted and it's supposed to be inverted you know losing is actually winning you know
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: it doesn't look like we have power but on the inside our guys are pulling all the strings you know in the basement Well, the the, well then our and,
2: guys suck. I mean, we're... Yeah, we're, what are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing? You know, doing? like,
0: any day now, we're going to start getting a check in the mail from Donald J. Trump. He knows each of us personally. Yeah. You know, this kind of stuff, that's literally I, something I get, I've heard.
2: I, I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> I get emails from him every single day, so, you
0: know. <laughs> you know, and I'm followed around by an invisible AI robot that protects me from the demon crats, you know. Like, mm-hmm. this weird stuff that is is out there... I just want to beg and plead with these people, like, all right, let's ground ourselves just a little bit and Mm -hmm. look at the plausible nature of what we're considering. Is it more realistic that Donald J. Trump is truly the second coming of Jesus, as, as some of these people seem to imply...
2: Or Constantine, I, I've heard that a lot, and that, I'm uh, not kidding that that he is the second coming of Constantine. I I've also heard was that hearing,
3: from trads. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Let's. Is it that, or is the guy who did warp speed maybe not our guy? Yeah. Is it did Trump win the election? Maybe, but he ain't in the White House. Mm-hmm. The other side just cheats and does whatever they want, and now we Enrolled. have a dementia patient as a patient as a president and he's not actually in charge anyway yeah but it's not it's not ten thousand green berets lined up in the tunnels underneath the vatican it's it's no we have a an army full of trannies yeah. you don't want trust me guys you don't want martial law this ain't this ain't grandpa's army this is uh <laughs> this is single black female and tranny and you know, they just got,
2: horror picture show. yeah it, it's yeah. A, it's an absolute Angry nightmare they lesbian. just kicked
0: out everyone that's, yeah. that was left that was smart enough to refuse the jab everyone i know that, that i trusted in the military is gone you don't want martial law but that's what they think they, oh, we're under martial law right now uh no we're no i don't think so yeah you know and then they get into these weird things where like if you read this obscure statute from 120 years ago they use the word and instead of also. So legally, you don't have to pay taxes. Yeah, You get into yeah. this kind of thinking where it's like magical thinking. It's like, oh, dude, yeah. you paid, we, we're all paying taxes. We pay like 30 or 40% of our income to these freaking pedophiles. What are you talking about? We have no power. They have all the power. There's no, there's no one coming to save us on this, on this earth. Uh,
2: it, yeah, it's magical thinking coping mechanism. When, I first, really when I first broke out on the internet, when I did the Quran burning and all that, I would get these emails, scads and scads of emails and voicemails from exactly these people. And it's kind of, they're all, they also touch on that sovereign citizen thing, you know um well was there gold fringe on the flag or oh. and then oh then the, the other thing they told me is all if anything happens to you Anne, all you have to do is affix a united states postage stamp to a piece of paper and then sign your signature across the postage stamp and that makes you a postmaster and then you set your own laws for your life and you if you wave that in front of any judge and I promise you that judge will fold at your feet because they know they will know that you are a postmaster and that they have to they have My to abide gosh. by whatever yeah. that law I mean <laughs> no I'm not kidding you this was That's constant intense. Constant. I'm not sure if I should
3: laugh or cry. Well, I mean you're half
1: right. If you're a lodge master, you get away with that, not a postmaster. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, to, to, super nerd.
2: Shots fire.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's just I want to put out
0: there into the universe a little bit. Uh that they're kind of on this weird pseudo-Christianic cosmology where we're actually like losing is winning, but it I think they're they're caught in the here and now and they think that that we can have that paradise on earth now if Donald J. Trump wins somehow, but they're, they're conflating that with what happens after in the next life, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The meek will inherit the earth. Not right now though.
2: Mm, (laughs) Yeah. Not, not right now. uh,
0: It's just, I, I, you know, and there are conspiracy hypotheses that we all are pretty sure about. Like we're all pretty sure that MRNA technology is dangerous. Yes. To say the least. But I don't, you just get you get out there and you you become delusional if you're yes. not careful. And I would, I just want to warn people, like just be careful what you believe. Just because and someone you like on the internet says something, it you don't have to believe it. No. And and this and this
2: maps exactly onto the anti-papacy thing too because I know a lot of the listenership are leaning forward right now and saying wait a minute Barnhart's the one who's been going on for years and years about this whole massive conspiracy that that you know Pope Benedict Ratzinger never resigned and but what Dr. Beep said is exactly right there's now two different camps there's the camp with Barnhart and Dr. Matza and non-Venny Mark and we're all jumping up and down saying look According uh, according to canon law, Pope Benedict Ratzinger got his brain in a twist and thought that he could only partially resign. And the thing is, that's a substantial error, and so it's canonically invalid. And he needs to be. We need to go to him and tell him your your resignation wasn't valid. Now there's this other camp cropping up, and I mean, I don't think too many people are taking them seriously, but it's out there, and they're saying that. You know, like Dr. Beep was talking about the ten thousand Green Berets huddled waiting, you know, in the in the in the tunnels underneath Dulles Airport or whatever. There are people who are now saying that Pope Benedict Ratzinger has completely is the greatest tactical genius. They're basically look, they're trying to kind of make Pope Benedict into Trump in a weird way, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of the QAnon trump situation mapped onto pope benedict that there's this that pope benedict is the author of this massive massive conspiracy he's actually in complete control he's actually running everything he actually pope benedict is actually the pope but he's completely uh failed in his duties he's he's just thrown up his hands and walked away and given up there are these other people who are saying that no he's the greatest churchman in the 2000 year history of the church he's playing 15 dimensional upside down (laughs) upside down underwater chess and he has he's completely flummoxed everybody and no 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 that's that is magical thinking exactly like thinking that Trump is is secretly in charge and is going to emerge and, and save the world and everything's going to be fine. You are setting people up on both counts. You are setting people up for disappointment that is so intense that it becomes scandalizing, yeah. meaning that it would cause people to just lose their faith entirely. And I think um, that's
0: part of the problem with... It's, it's like idolatry, basically, of these, these individuals, but at least with the american patriotic side i think a lot of these especially like the baby boomer generation they grew up being told this was the greatest country on earth and it was never going to end and it was just the bee's knees and they, that it
2: was magical and like and the was, fbi yeah. was was magically powerful yeah. they and have they have all they, this they,
0: cool technology and technology, and they're
2: gonna, technology yep, yep yep
0: and and now that it it Patently obvious that that is not the case. This country mm-hmm. judged by its fruits, literally and figuratively, <laughs> yes, uh, <sir. laughs> is, is a fallen, confused, anarcho-tyranny mess. Yeah. But they, they, that, that, it's that cognitive dissonance of, of what you believe deep in your soul does not mm-hmm. match with what you should be admitting to yourself that you're seeing. And so, no, no, no. There's, there, the, the White House isn't run by a bunch of, trannies from Israel. The, it's, it's actually Trump, and he's, it's all. You just follow the plan, buddy. Just trust it. You're about to get a big check in the mail. I've been told this by you're, a couple of them. You're about actually. to
2: get a big check. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah. We're, wow. we They've passed a law, and I don't remember the name of it. Supposedly Trump signed this law, that we're basically all going to get a big check every month. Those of us that have been on his side, I guess. Um, I'm I'm telling you, this is real. This like like what in the world? And and I've met multiples of these people lately, where I've gotten little glimpses, and you know, and it's kind of like, did they just say that? You know, like when you when you when you're around a schizophrenic, sometimes they say things, and you're like, wait, what? what?" You know? Yeah, yeah. And I've had that reaction now with these people. I'm like. You know, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, it's as bad. You know, the uh, those Rockefellers, and then you get to a point where it's like, yeah, and the guy in charge is actually uh, Han Solo, and he's he would that was a documentary, and Han Solo's real. You know, and you're like, oh, oh dear, yeah, oh dear. That's
2: the thing. That's the thing about schizophrenics is that they. <clears throat> um, they speak in English, and they're not drooling, and they're not, you know, yeah. jumping up and down with their hair on fire. But if you it's, just sit yeah. and listen, you realize that they are completely detached from yeah. reality. It's,
0: it's, it's like there's a there's a psychiatric term called confabulation, and you'll see it a lot of times with chronic alcoholics, where they they say things that are completely untrue, but very, very naturally, and it just flows off the tongue. Mm-hmm. And and, it, mm-hmm. and it's very natural, and that's where these people are. And these are not sick people. These are normal, high-functioning people with jobs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, who, you know, the most recent one I talked to, he's in his 60s, working dude, very good guy. Patriot, I love him. If he's listening, brother, I love you. But let's take a step back and not get down this road too far where we're actually being delusional. Like, do these yeah. things that you're saying and believing do they make sense objectively? Could they even possibly be true? Let's let's just analyze it for a second and not get carried away with trusting the plan because it's it's getting out of hand with some of these folks. Like truly delusional level of, of believing in these things. Q was very, very powerful. And I think, again, just the realization that this country's about to dis- destroy itself Mm-hmm. after being told your entire life that it was the greatest mm-hmm. is just breaking these people's brains, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I agree. 100%. 100%. I kind of got that a little bit when I was on the the tea party speaking circuit. Just lovely, lovely, lovely people, but kid, kidding themselves in just so many ways, you know? And And, I mean, hope is a virtue, but... Um I I don't know what's it called when you take hope le- to an extreme super nerd is there a what's the vice that would be the the overinflation of hope um, I was going to say
1: presumption but that, I think that's uh, mm-hmm. e- extending faith too far
2: right um it's just constantly looking for this you know for Trump to be the savior for this for that um, for all these magic magical solutions to things,
0: yeah. I heard and, a, I, saw, I saw a quote the other day that was "Hope is a good breakfast, but it makes a terrible supper."
2: Ooh.
0: <laughs> you know I don't know if that applies, but sorry, go ahead, Anne.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's it's just people, <clears throat> like you said, not being able to deal with things on the ground, and and that also I think goes to the effeminacy of the boomers, um, not even effeminacy, but what this would, I think, the category this falls under is sloth, and that is the reluctance to do a virtuous good because it's difficult, because it's hard, you know, and wanting to not, not wanting to admit that, oh my gosh, the, the task that we have before us is massive and terrible yeah, um, and nobody's willing to do it. And, oh, and so this circles right back to what you know, where we started with and ultimately what this this podcast episode is about and this whole question of what what are we going to do? What are we going to do with these people who have committed these crimes against humanity? um And the answer is is that at least some of them and the ones at the at the highest levels, do need to be arrested, tried and upon conviction executed. Um, Of course, after being given access to a priest so that they can confess and die well, um, so that they can repent. Even if they're sorry, even if Anthony Fauci, let's say for example, were to break down and say, my God, my God, what have I done? Okay, that's great, go make a good confession and then go stand against that wall and get the justice that is due to you if you deny a man justice for crimes that he has committed it is argued that you are actually sorry had an alarm set um it's argued that you're actually committing a greater crime by withholding the justice what you're also doing is you're you're engaging in a Luciferian dehumanization of of all people. When you say a man is not responsible and should not be punished for crimes that he commits, what you're basically saying is that he's an animal. That's what you're saying. You're dehumanizing him. It is precisely because of human dignity that when men commit crimes, and I use men in the correct sense, meaning both males and females, when men commit crimes, It is precisely because of their human dignity that they must be punished. We want them to repent, but they're still going to have to be punished. And isn't it a wonderful, wonderful thing that we're sitting here recording this conversation, doing this podcast, talking about this on the feast of all souls, wherein we celebrate all of the souls who have committed sins, repented, and are now in purgatory getting the temporal punishment and the purification and getting detached from any remaining vestiges of attachment to their sins that they had that's what that's literally what the feast today is that's what we're celebrating it's not that everybody gets off scot-free that's not what mercy is mercy is inextricably intertwined with justice and God is, is both of those things infinitely. He is infinite justice, and he is also, at the same time, infinite mercy. So the notion that you just—that these people, and they're going to come at us, and they're going to the, use the argument of Christianity. They're going to come at us and say, you are not Christians unless you totally just blow all of this off. If you hold anybody to account for anything— then you are not being Christian, and this is what all these pagans and and these people who are anti death penalty within the Catholic Church, that's this is the this is the error and the heresy that they're that they're promulgating that, um, well, Jesus is mercy, therefore um, nobody nobody should ever be executed for anything that they do well of course they should be executed it's a at first it's it's a species of mercy to execute them because the ones who aren't executed will probably never repent if you're just going to die in in relative luxury living in a living in a prison in which you are fed three square meals a day and you know everything's clean and you have clean clothes and you you get free health care and you get to sit around and watch tv and play video games all day and other things um you're you're probably not going to ever repent um the man who knows that he's going to be shot at dawn that's a man who at least has a chance to repent um you know i've made this argument about men like mccarrick um mccarrick will probably never repent they'll they just he's living in a retirement community somewhere and He raped all those. He raped kids and he sexually assaulted seminarians and priests and was an active sodomite his entire life and um, massive financial crimes, yada, yada, yada. He'll never repent because there's there's no consequence to him meeting out the just consequence is in itself a species of mercy, and it shows a dignity and respect to the human person saying, yes, you are a man, you are a rational intellect, and you must be held to account for what you have done. And Super Nerd, you you also make a very good point about how um, the the actual act of, of dying in your execution as a guilty person can go towards... Um, Expiation do you want to expand on that?
1: Well yeah, it was something I priest said that I don't remember all the citations but basically he was he was talking about somebody who was justly sentenced to death and who in if you were in that situation that obviously you want to uh, repent and, and have a sacramental confession but then offering up your death in expiation for the sins you have committed and mm-hmm. united with the the passion the death of Christ. It's, it's highly meritorious. How highly yeah. meritorious is subjective? God is the judge of that. But it's not out of the realm of reasonability that somebody could actually pay off their entire spiritual debt if they unite it perfectly. Yeah. In the same sense that, you know, perfect contrition can free you from mortal sin without a sacramental confession. You still have to go to confession before going to communion. And that's maybe a topic we should address at some point in, in the future. That um, as things get crazier and as... Um, uh, as, as the powers in Rome want to shut everything down, access mm-hmm. to priests and sacraments, whether it's a pandemic or just craziness emanating from, from uh, the, the hill, the city of seven hills. Mm-hmm. Um, we may be in a situation at some point where access to the sacraments is completely cut off. And that doesn't mean that you necessarily are completely out of luck. And you're going to hell. You need to understand that we do have the ability to make a perfect act of contrition and we'll have to go through that formula at some point, but, but uniting your your death when you are justly convicted to die and you've had a chance to to be sacramentally um, absolved, that is massively meritorious.
2: Yeah, so you're, (laughs) hate hate to phrase it this way and hope it doesn't sound trite, but you're doing the person a favor. You're doing the person a favor. The society is doing them a favor and the society is protecting and policing itself, obviously. Um, What we need more of, believe it or not in this world is legal positivism and what that means and if you've if you've read deniger for any amount of time you'll know exactly what i'm talking about the argument there is we just need to enforce the laws that are on the books now if we would just do that all of this, a lot of this stuff would be would be cleared up. Deniger has been arguing for, for years and years and years and years that all of the statutes are on the books right now to clean up the pharmaceutical industry. It's just that nothing is enforced. Nothing. And egregiously so. And you can just go on and on and on about this. And the uh, post I just made a couple of days ago is... Um, one of the only things that we will need to get back on the books they were there and they were just recently removed and they need to go back on into the legal codex is anti-sodomy laws anti-obscenity laws etc etc and of course obviously anti-abortion laws um but we need we need legal positivism we need to enforce the laws on the books that were there from time immemorial that are that are firmly rooted and congruent with divine law and natural law and that's why you know the christian the christian west trundled along for centuries and centuries and centuries even five centuries after the protestant revolt and the anglican revolt it still trundled along sideways because there was this law it was in force, and most of it was congruent with divine and natural law. Um, this is how the United States leading the way has pulled the post-Christian West now completely off the rails, um, put everybody on, on this downward spiral at <laughs> warp speed, no pun intended, um, is by... Having having all these laws, having this massive legal code, and then there's no there's no enforcement of it. There's no equal protection under the law. And then, of course, yes, absolutely, there are laws that are unjust, and obviously those need to go, which is why I made the qualification that any, any law needs to be congruent with the natural and divine law. So there are things that are obviously on the books right now that are not that, and they will need to be removed. But the bigger problem is the lack of enforcement. And... That's that's how a just society works and that is merciful. If you want your kids to grow up in any sort of a any sort of a semblance of a functioning society where their lives aren't just a a miserable daily grind of of terror and despair, that's what you need to be driving back towards.
1: And I was looking Amen. it up while you were talking, is that the, the virtue, or I'm sorry, the vice is opposed to the virtue of hope, it's despair. I don't, I, I, I was looking through this and trying to see, is there something to the opposite side? Um, I think it would just have to be disconnected from reality. And the one of the examples we've given in the past of the, to explain what the virtue of hope is, you know, back when I was younger and still single, I had faith that I would meet somebody, and, I'd had, and I hoped that I would meet somebody that, I, that I'd be able to marry and have a family with but it would be detaching from reality to lose that hope and assume it. And whether I'm imagining it, uh, that, that they're already there or just imagining whatever's going on, m- maybe somebody who's more morally and me rephrase that who's more, um, academically in tune with, um, <laughs> all, all of, all of the descriptions and definitions of, of uh, what's related to the virtues and the vices that are opposed to it. I, I suspect off the top of my head though, that the opposite, um, from the excess side of hope is simply disassociation from reality.
2: Mm. And I suppose, thinking about what you said, that despair is opposed to hope, um, I think maybe that's manifested by people like all all of us just throwing our hands up and saying, oh, there's nothing we can do. And again, here's this parallel as it's happening in the church right now. Oh, we've got this anti-pope, but, there's nothing we can do. All we can do is wait for him to die. I mean, that's the effeminate bleeding that you hear. And that's exact. I think that's the that's exactly the same place that we're at now. What what do you do with Washington, D.C.? We've we've all just thrown our hands up and said, look, Hunter Biden can smoke crack and, you know, be sleeping with Russian and Chinese prostitutes and Clear money trails of of payments going back and forth, and we, we we're all sitting here, and we're all sitting here watching this, and there's nothing we can do. Um, I guess it's it's fighting that notion of despair.
0: No despair allowed.
2: <sighs> not in this, not in this realm. But having said no. that, it's like okay, and put your money where your mouth is. How do we start? What do we do? It's a hell of a good question that's because it good is so
3: question. big. Well, that's the part that I'm confused about even in my own little world with the people that I work with, there definitely has to be some justice for what these people have done, but how it comes about, I don't know, because I feel like we're in this weird <clears throat> in-between phase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I've, I've punished these people severely by removing the sunshine of my presence.
2: Well, indeed, (laughs) indeed.
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's, I think there is a time and a place to just remove yourself and kind of a tactical retreat. I, I don't, you know, that sounds cowardly and it sounds like, oh, that's just the easy way out. But, you know, there are hills that are worth dying on. Are, are you or are we on one right now? I don't know. And how do we, how do we find the hill that's worth dying on? And what leaps to
2: mind um going back to scientific news um i saw a thing this past week that um i was kind of cautiously optimistic that not all of the batches were hot that some of them were saline and apparently they've now they've um aggregated enough data that all of the batches were hot but some were hotter than others and that Everybody who has been injected with this crap has at least some degree of um, the thing that they were focusing on was myocarditis. They have some degree of heart damage, that, and no, it um, it's and it's just the fact that most people are subclinical, you know. And I mean, then that now j- that
0: jives with what I've seen as far as you know the time domain uh, within w- which people that are coming to me with symptoms when they got their shots. Most of them got their shots early on. Some of them got boosters, but I think that's a pretty good sample across the the last, what, two years now since it's been out? Yeah, almost two years. There's not like a pocket that I've noticed, a pocket in time that seemed safe relative to others that I've noticed.
2: So, I mean, justice, maybe justice is coming, but again, it's it's such a shame, because if it were done properly by the society, using um, the legal system, then people would have a chance either through, you know, being imprisoned, or for the top level ones being executed, they'd at least have a chance to sit and ponder this, whereas as this thing's going now, yeah, let's say that five plus billion people on this planet have have heart damage that's going to kill them within let's say kill them unnaturally within a decade, let's say um, when it when it comes and when it hits them, it's probably going to sneak up on them. and so there's no real opportunity for them for a lot of them at least so far to be to be confronted with their crimes, what they have done and what they have done to themselves and their their impending mortality and you know, death judgment heaven hell these sorts of things so even even that it's you can't just say well they're they're going to get theirs because in fraternal charity we need to be concerned about these people's souls and saying okay you have done this thing you have willfully injected yourself perhaps repeatedly with poison um you have done this you have committed these crimes against your fellow man um on the medium or micro level um so a ju- justice is going to come down upon you. you you're going to pay for this you need to repent but the way see the way the situation is set up satan's a hell of a chess player the way the situation is set up most of these people are never going to be confronted with it they're just they're just going to have a heart attack and die
0: yeah and I've I've actually had a couple of patients that are kind of still in denial like coming to me even you know willing to come to a guy who is a little out, outside the the mainstream they've already seen the the heart doctor or the neurologist or the whatever mm-hmm. the mainstream guys and now they're finding the alternative guy even some of these people are a little bit in denial I actually had a woman change her story when I confronted her with the fact that I think the vaccine caused the problem she's having she's having a problem that is very much likely linked to the vaccine. It was linked temporally in her original story to me. And when I sort of put that mirror in front of her and I said, look, this started months after your vaccine. Oh, no, 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 I'm pretty sure it started uh, a long, long time ago.
1: Or I'm sorry, it started
0: after the vaccine rather. Oh, no, no, actually, now that I think about it, I think it started the year prior. You know and and, and mm-hmm. I kind of just I confronted her with that a little bit like are you sure you know yeah. cuz you were pretty confident in the timeline. Yeah. You gave me the month. Yeah. <laughs> you know so uh, some of these people are just never going to get it. Yeah. And that's okay I guess.
2: Well I guess all we can do is pray. I posted that um, Zechariah 13:8 13, 8:13 8, 8, 13 or 13:8 13, I posted it on the blog and it's a prophecy that Two thirds, two thirds will be wiped out, and the third, the third that remains, the third, the one third remnant will be purified, as in the furnace, as in purgatory, which again is what the the feast today is all about. Well, and so, that's
3: interesting because in the United States alone, mm-hmm. we are looking at two thirds of the adult population being vaccinated.
2: Yep. Israel's right at two-thirds. That's the chart that I posted was Israel. And I said, this has to be pretty close. It has to be pretty similar. So, yep.
1: There's also a meditation in there about, for, for everyone who didn't get, whether you got the jab or not, to, to pray for the grace of, of not having an unprovided death. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is sacramentally unprovided. Uh, the, the, one of the worst fates I could imagine for somebody is that they died suddenly and did not have a chance to have a priest there when they're dying, to give them the last rites, to give them absolution, to give them the spiritual armor they need and and protection and, and remedies they need as they go to the next life.
2: Yeah. I mean, a lot of times people say the best possible way to die would just be, you know, be hit in the head with a, with a rock that fell out of the sky and just total lights out and you never saw it coming and no, no, that that's literally the worst. That is the worst possible thing.
1: The worst way that, that many people say, I want to go out like this is to die in their sleep.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yep. Couldn't be any further from the truth. You want to be awake. You want to be lucid. You want to know that you're dying. And you want to have your wits about you enough that you either are able to get a priest there, or if not, you're able to make an act of perfect contrition. And you can't do that if you die in your sleep. On that
1: happy note, <laughs> we always manage to end the podcast on a happy note. Oh, but I, you know, rather than wait till the last second, we've got to ask Doctor Beep. You've got the Arnold uh, impression, don't you? Know? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. hoping for something, right?
0: Okay. Uh, oh man, hold on. Let me let me practice.
2: <laughs> he just muted himself. <laughs> 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 He's practicing <laughs> off mic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are you ready? Are oh, you ready? No, I don't. Don't lose hope. Come with me if you want to leave. I don't know. <laughs> Come that's... with
2: me if you want to live. That's a good one. That's an, actual, that's an actual line, isn't it? What is that from?
0: It is. It's, it's, oh, man. Is it It's, it's, ter- it's, yeah. Terminator. it's uh, Terminator. Is it Terminator? Yeah. Terminator, yeah. 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 Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> Come with me if you want to leave.
1: Although it was, it was never Arnold who said it, though. Really? No, in, in the original Terminator it was, it was um guy John Reese name? or Kreese yeah. Reese really? no, Whatever the, the the soldier and then and um No actually Arnold in the second one Terminator two I, I think he did say to to the young um To the boy to the, to the boy come with me yeah, if you yeah. want to live.
2: Yeah, come with me if you want to live. Yeah, but that's every right, that's every
1: iteration right. of the movie somebody says that.
0: Interesting. Oh. See, I don't think I don't think I've even seen all of them
2: no i i know i haven't
0: i mean i think i saw the original what in in the 90s late 80s it's (laughs) it's
2: like the godfather stop at number two go no further
0: oh i'm sure i mean anything made in the last 15 years is probably just is garbage juice yeah
1: well it's it's worse than that because once you go past two it's just the whole paradox of time jumping at that point it's there there is no logical way to continue the story because the next movie could logically, if you want to include time travel, wipe the whole thing out and just rewrite everything.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's ridiculous. They're so Hollywood has lost all creativity and now that's all they can do anymore. They, if it's really fascinating, this is getting off into a whole another episode, maybe this is the next episode, but the fact that everything that Hollywood puts out now is a remake or a bastardization of something that already exists they can't come up with anything new and i think that's indicative of the descent into evil that evil cannot create
0: create. yeah
2: yeah oh that's the next episode yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. on the next (laughs) barn on on a very special barnhart podcast go (laughs) off
0: about transinator
2: transinator all right super nerd shall we wrap her up
1: Sure, the email address for the podcast where you can send feedback, suggestions, comments, or ideas for the next podcast is podcast at barnhart.biz. And expresses her profound gratitude to all of her benefactors, and there's at least one Mass said every single day, and that's a traditional Catholic Latin, or a traditional Catholic, well, it's a Latin traditional Mass. It is uh, a
2: Catholic Mass, yes it is.
1: <laughs> I, I was trying to remember which way does that go, and I don't know why I'm confusing myself, with it. it's getting late. Um but there's a mass that's said for all the benefactors every single day. And then once every single week, there is a uh, traditional Catholic Latin requiem mass for everybody who died in the previous week. Please remember the priests in your prayers. They're under assault. Like you can't imagine. And <laughs> we talk about uh, the assault of, of common sense and, and are on common sense and all of the people who uh, just, just are losing it these days, just are around the topic of, of uh, jabs and, and medicine and, and politics. The priests have it worse. The priests have it Mm -hmm. worse because Satan has got a bright target on them because if Satan can get rid of the priests, that means no more mass, no more Eucharist, no more uh, salvation for us because we don't have access to the sacraments anymore. Uh, If he could, he would kill all the priests. And it's, it's a talk about marvels of mercy that God doesn't allow it. So please pray for the priests. And also pray to all the souls in purgatory. We probably mm-hmm. we don't mention that enough. Uh, yeah. All the souls in purgatory are they, they have the ability to pray for us and intercede for us, and and I don't think they can merit for us, but they can they can they can pray for us. But but they also, if you can get them out of purgatory, they're not going to be ungrateful. Anything you can do to lessen their sufferings, and during this time uh, of, of early November. From from the 2nd to the 9th or 11th, just keep going if you're not sure. Go visit the cemetery, pray prayers for the poor souls. Uh, There's a plenary indulgence attached to that. Don't forget to pray for the Pope. And if you're not sure who that is, just say, pray for the Pope, and then do the Our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be. Um, And don't forget to to pray for them. This this is a massive spiritual treasure that we have in in the communion of saints, and we can can help each other out in that respect. And also don't forget St. Tiny Princess, the... uh, informal patron of our our podcast here. Mm -hmm. Um, She's definitely part of the the, uh, communion of saints and she's in a much better position to help us than the souls in purgatory or any of us here below. She has a very clear vision of what's going on in the world and the universe and everything else. So don't forget to call on her.
2: She's in the beatific vision. She's not in purgatory because she never committed any personal sin. So her baptism and the fact that she had never committed any personal sin, when she died she went straight to heaven. So St. Tiny Princess, pray for us.
1: Absolutely. The Barnhart Podcast is a value-for-value podcast, which means if you got some value out of this podcast, whether it's entertainment or education, wherever that's worth you, I humbly and uh, respectfully request you go to superderbmedia.com and and consider returning some uh, value. And that's what, uh, via the mailbox, Richard did, and then via Amazon, Mark and Joe. And that's all I've got with my spiel, so I'll turn it over to Anne for Matthew 1720.
2: Pray every day, fast twice a week if you can for a fourfold intention, that Bergoglio be publicly recognized and removed as anti-Pope and the whole thing be nullified, that Pope Benedict Ratzinger be publicly recognized as having been the one and only living Pope since April 2005, that Bergoglio repent, revert to Catholicism, die in a state of grace in the fullness of time and someday achieve the beatific vision and that Pope Benedict Ratzinger repent of whatever he needs to repent of, that he die in a state of grace in the fullness of time and someday achieve the beatific vision. Nothing less will do. Our Lady of Copacabana, Slayer of the Pachamama Demon, pray for us.
1: Amen. And before we check out, uh, Nurse Claire, Dr. Beep, any final words?
3: Um. Yeah, just... Keep in the back of your mind everything that's gone on the last almost three years now. It's hard to believe. Um, and don't let anybody, <laughs> including this article in The Atlantic, gaslight you out of um, any feelings of righteous indignation. And let us pray that um, justice will, will happen.
2: Amen.
0: Amen. I don't think I have anything else. I think that about sums it up.
1: Okay. Until next time, I am Super Nerd.
2: And I'm Ann. Thanks, guys. God bless. Trust the plan.
3: Trust the plan.